Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. We are so glad you're here. For more content and upcoming events, visit anchorchurchcsra.com. Hey friends, join me in your Bibles, Acts chapter 6. We're going to be in Acts chapter 6 tonight, and the title of the message tonight is Growing Pains. Um, Man, I can remember some time ago as a rookie parent, Waking up about 2 a.m., you know, rookie parent style and fashion, you're waking up a lot in the middle of the night. You got the baby crying, hopefully the baby learns to sleep through the night, but then our kids got a little older, and then all of a sudden, there's more crying. And there was this one night in particular where, I, I remember the first time uh, Asher, my oldest son, he's 10 now, but he was, he was a toddler at the time, and he was complaining, he was saying, Daddy, my leg hurts. And you know, as every young parent does, you know, we start Googling, we start uh, searching, you know, which that's the perfect thing to do, right? Whenever uh, your kid is complaining of pain, just start Googling symptoms and then just be spiraling and freaking, I don't know, he's got flesh-eating bacteria, uh, he's got uh, this, he's got that. And so we're, you know, we're, we're trying not to freak out, but in all of that, what it turned out to be, any, any veteran parents in the room now? He's got growing pains, yeah. His leg just hurts and it from time to time, as the body changes, these growing pains happen. And the doctors are still baffled as to why this happens in the human body. I really did a rabbit trail deep dive into this as I was just curious. I'm a curious individual. I like to stay curious and learn. And so I started researching this. They still don't really know why it happens, but I can tell you with clarity, while I'm not a medical expert by any stretch, I'm just a Googler. Um, I can tell you with reasonable certainty, this happens in the church all the time. As the body changes, as churches grow and develop, there are growing pains. And guess what, friends? We have them here as well. We're having growing pains right now. We are, I mean, we are seeing God do incredible, mighty things. Uh, we were looking at uh, some things from last week we were looking at statistics and just different measurements. And the reason why we do that isn't just for numbers sake, but we believe that numbers represent people with souls and with stories and lives that God has changed and wants to change. And when we look at those numbers, we saw that we have twice as many people at Anchor Church this year as last year. And we should celebrate that. That's awesome. That is, that is an incredible thing. We give God some glory. I mean, that, that's absolutely incredible. But with growth comes new, uh, we'll call them problems because they are, but they're good problems that you wanna have. What are, what are some of the problems that we have sometimes in church? Well, how are we gonna fit us all in here? You know, space, seating, uh, kids. Uh, we're exceeding 30 check-ins a week now in this small building. And I'm just gonna be frank up front, just very honest with you. Um, we, we are going to outgrow the space. It's, we're, we're seeing it happen. We haven't outgrown it yet, but I really do believe that as God continues to work, as God continues to accomplish this mission, um, we're, we're not gonna be able to fit here anymore. We're gonna have to do something else. We're gonna have a problem, but those are the kind of problems we want to have, amen? And so we have these growing pains here at Anchor. We have them in the story, in the Acts story, and this is our sixth chapter in Acts. We're back here this week together and let's look at Acts chapter six, verse one together. Can you look with me in the word? Here's what six one says. In those days, as the disciples were increasing in number, 
there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews and that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. Okay, so here's the good news. The disciples were increasing in number and all God's people said, because that's the point, right? Jesus told us, he said, go and make disciples, go and proclaim the gospel. And they were increasing in number, not merely in attendance. The church wasn't just drawing a crowd, but they were making disciples. They were pouring, this was life on life, messy discipleship, okay? And I will tell you up front, if you want to make a difference for the kingdom, it won't happen apart from disciple making, but it also won't happen apart from taking your time and giving it to someone else so that they can know Jesus more fully. And guess what that does for you as a disciple? It causes you to grow. And so this was happening. Disciples were increasing in number, but then came, what does the text tell us? There arose a, a complaint. Oh no. How many of you guys love complaints? You just love getting them. Any, anybody? Any complaint lovers? No. Okay, so, so we all don't like them, right? And usually whenever there's a good thing happening, there usually will be a little bit of complaining going on as well. But this was a legit complaint. This was a problem. This was a problem. So what was the problem? Well, there arose a complaint. You had the Hellenistic Jews. These were, so you've got two groups of Jewish people within the church, Hellenistic and Hebraic. So just like the adjectives imply, the Hellenistic ones, they decided to speak Greek. They decided to adopt Greek culture into their Jewishness, okay? And so the Hebraic Jews over here, they spoke what language do you think? Hebrew, good, and they were uh, more devoted to the Pharisees' teaching, to the Torah, to the Old Testament. They were more classic Jews, okay? And so they were in the same church because here's the reality about the church. We have all different kinds of people together in the body of Christ, more than just these two groups, but in the early church, you have the Hellenistic and the Hebraic Jews. And what was happening was the Hellenistic Jews were complaining because their widows were being overlooked. So what does this mean? Well, whenever someone was a widow in this society, this was really, really not good because in this particular cultural milieu and time in history, um, women were, were, were taken care of by their husbands. And when their husbands died, they typically were uh, having uh, trouble having food to eat and they didn't have a house anymore and they, and they had big, big problems. And the early church did a wonderful job of caring for two groups of people. You remember from James chapter one? Pure and undefiled religion is to care for widows and orphans. Good, yeah, so you, so you guys know. So, so caring for widows and orphans was a huge part of the culture of the early church. And so this was a problem because the Hellenistic Jews were like, man, our, our, our widows are, are being overlooked. Well, let's just get on the same page. Is this, is this a legitimate problem? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we need to do something about that, right? So here's something you can write down tonight. This is just a practical application for us all. This isn't gonna blow anyone's mind, but it's just gonna get us on the same page, ready? There is no such thing as a problem-free church. There's no such thing. If you ever find one, don't go there, okay? You catch my drift? Don't go there. Because, I mean, none of us are perfect. And 
we're all sinners in need of a savior. And as long as we live in this sinful, fallen, and broken world, there's always gonna be problems. But like we acknowledged a minute ago, sometimes the problems are part of growing. Sometimes there are problems that we just merely have to work together to find a solution for. And that's exactly what happened. But before we get to the solution, here's, here's what's going on underneath a layer. Satan is trying again to divide the church. You see it? He did it in Acts 5 with Ananias and Sapphira. You can go back and listen to that message from a couple weeks ago. And he, he's, he's tried time after time after time. We looked at last week, we, we looked at the fact that the normal Christian life, the normal Christian life, the regular one, is a battle. It's, a, it's warfare, as Paul told us in Ephesians 6. And so here, it's no different. Satan tried, and here's what Satan does. Here's what, our, here, here's what the, the liar and deceiver the devil himself does. Whenever he fails in one area of our lives to get us, he fails, he will find another one very soon. And so what is he doing here? He's trying to bring division, but here's what happens. The apostles were not distracted from the ministry that God had for them. And let's just get back into the text together. Let's just read the next few verses together. So the 12 the 12 apostles, they summoned the whole company of the disciples and said, it would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of, full, sorry, uh, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on here. Full of spirit and wisdom. There we go. Sorry, my iPad was doing crazy things. Whom we can appoint to this duty. Verse four. But we will devote ourselves to what? Prayer and to the ministry of the word. All right, so that's their lane. Hang on to that. This proposal pleased the whole company. So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a convert from Antioch. They had them stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. Okay, so we see this. We see the mark of a growing and healthy church isn't the absence of problems, but the presence of effective systems to solve those problems. We're gonna get into those systems in just a moment. But here's the reality about church growth, and we see this in the Acts story, that as the church gets larger, care ministry becomes a lot harder. And this makes sense, right? Because you have more people. We have to get creative about that. So how do we do that at Anchor Church? How do, we, how do we do care ministry here? Is it the Brandon Henson show? I just, I just show up into all of your lives each week and meet every single need according to his riches? No, that's, that's not our model, is it? And I care deeply about every one of you and I, I wish I had the capacity to do that, but I, but I don't and that's not even God's plan for the church, for one man or, or even two men to do that. But what is our model here at Anchor Church for that? What is our system for that? It's groups, it's community groups. That's why we have them. And I wanna remind us of that. I wanna, I wanna remind us that we don't simply have community groups just for the purpose of getting together and opening our Bibles in our community groups, in case you're curious, well, what we do is we meet in homes. Uh, one meets here at the church, but typically we meet in homes. 
We eat together, we pray together, and we look back at the sermon from Sunday. So there's sermon-based discussion because we don't just wanna leave the message here on Sunday, but we want to apply it to our lives throughout the week. And so we do that. But the ultimate goal is not the content. The ultimate goal of our community groups is community. That's why they're called community groups. And the community meets the needs of the community. And guess what is really encouraging me these days is we're seeing that. We're seeing community groups pour out to other people within their community groups. And so that's how we choose to do it here. But guess what? Every church gets to pick how they want to do that. In this specific time, in this specific case, with these specific people, they chose to do what? Well, they're going to choose from among themselves. The church is going to select seven men of good reputation. If you dig in a little deeper, this is the first time that we really see deacons being selected. How many of you ever heard of the word deacons in the church? Okay, there's a lot of confusion about what deacons are, and this is not a message about what deacons are, what deacons aren't. I'm going to fight the urge to not go off on that rabbit trail. But where does that even come from? Well, if you look in verse two, when the when the apostles say it, it wouldn't be right for us to give up preaching of the word to wait on tables. That Greek word for wait is a Greek word for service. And that's where the word deacon comes from. So if you've ever seen deacons in church, that's really what deacons are supposed to do. They're supposed to be servants that help advance uh, the care ministry of the church, but also some other uh, administrative uh, duties. But it, it is not a place of, or it, it is not an office of authority. It is an office of service, okay? So now this begs the obvious question. Where are the deacons at Anchor Church? You guys don't have deacons, do you? No, we don't. Well, here's the amazing thing about methodology. I know it's kind of a big word, but methodology just means how we do church, okay? Um, God is really clear about theology in the Bible, who he is, how he saves, what he does, who the church is. But the Bible is also very loose in a lot of ways about methodology, about how we execute this mission. Different churches can do different things and structure themselves in different ways. So for this time, for this particular time in the church, this, this was what they decided was the appropriate response. So who are the deacons at Anchor Church? Given everything I've told you so far about our systems for care and for groups and what the groups are for and what the groups are to do, who do you think are, are these servants that care for the larger body of Christ at Anchor? I'm looking at him, right? It's you, it's me. We're gonna serve one another together. So when these needs arise, how we're going to do it here at this time, in this place, unless the Lord directs something different, we're going to empower our groups to care for the body, to let the body minister to the body. And that's really the principle. We get caught up sometimes in offices and titles and different things like that. The point is not an office or a title or whether we should have deacons or not or how many deacons you should have or what, should they be male or female and all, all, all these other side issues. See what Satan loves to do? Satan loves to distract us with the particulars of that. What the point is that we can't lose is why. The point is so that we can care for one another. And as long as we maintain ways as we grow to care for one another and are intentional about that, then the mission will continue to be accomplished. And so systems, church 
church systems. What are, what are we talking about here? I just want to put this uh, picture up. Adam, you want to drop that up there for us? So I know when we say church systems, that, that may be a little confusing, but just like our, our, our bodies have systems, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, we have different systems, circulatory, respiratory, um, you know, nervous system. Churches have systems too, like ministry, worship planning, groups, leadership, uh, stewardship or giving. Assimilation, that's a big fancy word for um, our next steps and helping people uh, meld into the life of the church and not just be on the outside looking in, but really, but really take their next step in involvement at Anchor. And so we have systems here. And what do the systems do? They help us solve these problems that come up. And when I say problem, I don't mean something negative that we don't want. I mean, these are just inevitable things that happen, just like our bodies, right? We, we have internal problems that come up. And what's the solution for the internal problems in your body? Well, your systems in your body solve those problems. Hopefully they work well. If they don't, we go to the doctor and we get help. We get medicine, those things. Sometimes it's from the outside. Well, what do we do about those problems in our bodies from the outside? Same thing, the systems help solve those problems. So it's just the same in the church. Address these problems when they arise, and it's a powerful picture of the life of a church. So we have this diversity of methodology we've talked about. Each church chooses to accomplish things in different ways, but as long as we refuse to be distracted, here's the, here's the result. Let's, let's just look at verse seven together. We've read all the way down through verse six. Let's read our last verse together today. So the word of God did what? It spread, amen, far and wide. The disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith, which is a really big deal, by the way, <laughs> because for a long time, the priests were not known for being obedient to the faith. The priests were known for loving religion and losing their relationship with God, but they were coming back and they were giving their life to Christ. And this, was, this is, friends, this is the goal. When, when you wanna know what we're about here at Anchor, you could boil it down to really what we want to see God do. Here it is. We want the word of God to go far and wide. We want disciples to be increasing greatly in number. And we wanna see people even more than just more disciples come, come to follow Christ. We want to see obedience be the regular. We wanna see obedience, just, just, the, just what what, what comes out of that? And so I wanna just, as a church family, I just wanna give us three applications tonight. We've read our text. We've, we've dove into some of the, the story and kind of see what's going on here. But, I'd, but I just want to uh, focus on a few things as we uh, close. First of all, the Hellenists did the right thing. The Hellenistic Jews. I know we kind of joked about complaining at the beginning, but here's the, here's the deal. It's not a bad thing to bring up a complaint within the church. It's not a bad thing. Guys, if there's something going on, then we gotta be honest, right? And so that's our first thing tonight. As we look at the heart, our first application is this. We gotta be honest and compassionate about our problems. Why don't you write that down tonight? That's, that's something that seems so simple but yet sometimes we feel bad about being honest and saying like, hey, it's actually, it's actually an issue. I feel like, I mean, these Hellenistic Jews, they were like, we feel like we've been overlooked. 
right? And I don't know about you, I don't, I don't personally love to be thought of as, um, let's just say, maybe whiny. Like, I feel like sometimes if I complain, oh no, I'm, I'm gonna seem like I'm, I'm whiny, but it's not whiny, it's just being honest. And we want an honest culture here, amen? We wanna feel like when we come to Anchor or when we're a part of Anchor, you join a group that you can be you and you can be real about what you're going through. So this is huge. So let's check our hearts tonight. Let's be honest and compassionate about any problems that there are or any solutions, amen? All right, so here's the next one. So not only our heart, but then our motives and our mind. And, and here's, hopefully, here's, here's hopefully the motive is to step up as servant leaders to serve one another. I don't know how the word another did not make it on my slide, but just imagine an invisible ink right there. Servant leaders serve one another. And where do we get that from? Do we just make that up? No, Jesus himself, he said, I came, I came not to be served, but to serve you guys. If anyone deserved to be served, it was Jesus. But he set the, he set the stage for us in that. And so what do we do? Everything, guys, what would, what would it look like if everyone in the church was focused on just serving one another, had this, had this outward focus? It looked like Philippians chapter two, wouldn't it? Paul says, if there's any encouragement, there's, there's any fellowship in the spirit, then count others as more important than yourself. There's this dual thing happening within the church where we're outward focused to our community. We, we want to invite anyone, anyone, like the whosoever, as Jesus said, far and wide. We wanna invite anyone to anchor, to, to feel welcome, to feel at home. We want to... We want to reach people. That's the outward focus, but we also want to care for the inside as well. And that happens when we have a service mentality. But here's the last, here's the, here's the final one. And it's a focus. And this is so hard, because like I said earlier, there's distractions everywhere. So what's our focus? To stay committed to the mission. To stay committed to the mission that Jesus has given us. And, and I just wanna ask you tonight, what what gets in the way for you? If you could just ask yourself that, just search your heart this evening. What gets in the way? What, what gets you tangled up and distracted? For many churches, like I said, it's, it's um, I don't know, it's, it, it's, it seems more like politics, right? It's like positions and authority and who's in charge and who's got the voice and who's making decisions and all these different things like that. Maybe for others, it's, it's, um, it's just life. It's just what's going on. The enemy just leverages what's, what, just the trials that you're going through right now. But I just wanna call us to something. I wanna call us to a continued focus. I believe we are focused here at Anchor, but I want us to continue to stay committed to this mission. And what's the mission? I, I just wanna remind us tonight, the, the mission is to anchor everyone in our community to Jesus, to his word, and then finally to the mission itself. We wanna see people come to know Christ. We wanna see people grow in their discipleship within the word, to get to know God, to live out God's purpose and plan for your life. We, we wanna see you express that in this life that he's given you. Jesus calls that an abundant life. And then we wanna see every person on mission, a life on mission, 
looking around us to see what God might do in and through us. But I'm so glad that God himself modeled this for us in Christ Jesus, this this whole serving mentality. Philippians also tells us that he was so obedient that he came down. He left the riches of heaven. He left all of his, uh, you know, his throne, right? The throne room scenes we see in scripture, the son is exalted. He left, he left heaven and came down here on earth and became man without losing who he was. That's why we call him the God man, Jesus Christ. And he came to show us how to live. And what did he do? Well, even while we were sinners, all of us, even though all of us are sinners, he came and he loves us right where we're at. And he died for us. And I don't know where you're at tonight in your relationship with God, but what I want you to know is number one, your starting place is that God loves you. He loves you right where you're at. And he's got a great mighty plan for your life. But in order to, in order for you to discover that plan, you have to be right with God. You have to have a right relationship with him. And here's the good news. I'm gonna take a pressure off someone tonight that needs to hear this. It's not anything you can do to make that relationship right. It's not any work that you can do. It is purely by God's grace. It's his unmerited favor that he gives to you as a gift. And he says, it is by grace through faith that we are saved from our sin, not of works. And so this is an invitation tonight for you to turn from your sin, the sin that separates you from your creator and maker and savior. And you can turn from that sin tonight, just in your heart and just say, I'm done living my own way. I wanna live God's way. I wanna turn from my sin and I wanna trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my savior. And if you pray to him tonight, just in your own words, I'm not gonna give you a script. Just pray to him right now. You can just bow your heads. In fact, will everyone bow your heads with me? And I just wanna invite anyone in the room that needs to talk to God and just say, Jesus, would you save me tonight from my sin? Just tell him, I turn from you. I, I, I turn from my sin and I trust in you. Just in your own words. If you tell him that right now, he will, he will save you. The Bible says everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And God, right now I pray for anyone that has cried out to you tonight for salvation, that has realized in their heart that they're a sinner in need of a savior. And they, and they believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again from the grave and that you'll give them a new life tonight. But God, I pray for every other heart in the room, Lord, we, we need your help because God, as, as we grow and change as a church and as people, it's hard because these problems come up and, and we encounter challenges. But God, help us, help us to be together in that, just like the early church did. They came up with a plan that honored and glorified you. They worked together. They weren't selfish. They thought about others first. They served one another. They were generous. God, we want all these things to be true about our lives. And so Lord, would you help us? Would you point out anything in us tonight, Lord, that isn't that way, that's out of alignment? Would you help us repent, Lord? there's anyone tonight, Lord, that needs to repent before you, I pray that your Holy Spirit would help them 
Help them repent well and to turn from a sinful attitude or maybe even an action that has caused them to be misaligned with your mission. God, help us to accomplish this mission, to connect everyone that we can, to anchor every soul that we possibly can to you, Lord Jesus, your word and your mission. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And friends, can we stand together? We're gonna respond in worship tonight. We're gonna sing out to God because we believe that he's really here with us. He has been. He was waiting on all of us to get here. He didn't just show up when we got here. He's been here and we can seek him right now. We, we can seek his face as we sing to him and as we, as we proclaim truth about him to him. So let's just pray that God would work in our hearts as we respond to him. Let's worship together. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit anchorchurchcsra.com or follow us on social media at anchorchurchcsra.com.